Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. So talk to me about the work that you did. Hmm. Did doing. <laughs> we'll continue to do. Our um, life. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 32 of the Bravehearted Podcast. My name is Mindy Mercurio, career coach and business guru, helping exhausted women all around the world find passion in what they do every single day. As a reminder, some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. With me, as always, is my fabulous co-hostess of the mostest, Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> What's up, guys? My name is Kelsey Kenry, and I am a personal development speaker and coach working with women all over the world. And specifically, I love to help moms take action to live with less overwhelm and more confidence in their lives because we sure do get lost in motherhood. So as you guys know, on the podcast, we are forever talking about therapy and the importance of therapy and what it can do for your life. So we've actually partnered with BetterHelp, betterhelp.com. It's an online counseling website. So you can go on and get a therapist and they will match you with somebody and you can do therapy right from the comfort of your own home, your car, wherever. So you can get 10% off actually your first month With BetterHelp, you just go to betterhelp.com forward slash bravehearted. So I'm very excited about episode 32. Today, we're talking about letting go of the things that hold us back. And we got kind of a different style and a setup for today. So I want to let you guys know that Mindy and I are going to do kind of an interview of each other and talk about more specific situations in our own stories to where something has held us back and then go through, you know, what it was holding us back from and then how we overcame it. So we're going to get this started with Mindy sharing about herself. So Mindy, let me ask you, what is something in your life that held you back? Whew, this is a very deep question because there honestly are a million things that big or small have held me back. In life, but I think the biggest thing that I can say held me back was being abused. So, something I haven't talked about on the podcast and I don't talk about readily is my relationship with my father. So, my dad was a very sick 
person. He had lots of mental health issues, uh, lots of addictions, drugs, alcohol, you name it. He did it all. And because of that, it made him very physically and uh, emotionally abusive. And that really held me back a lot. I didn't realize it until later on in life, but a lot of the trauma that I went through as a child really impacted me as an adult. And you would think, oh, well, duh, Mindy, that makes sense. You should, you should realize that. But what's crazy is I knew that it impacted me, but I didn't realize the scope of the impact that it had. Mm, yeah. And it's interesting because that seems to be kind of, we've spoken about it before, but really how we all tend to normalize that childhood trauma. Like it was just like, oh, it wasn't that bad or like, oh, it was bad, but like, I'm an adult now, so it's fine. It's like, you know, putting it away in that box. So what did you find that, you know, as you moved through your life, what did you notice? How did it show up for you? Like, what was it, what was it holding you back from? So a couple things. I think one of the biggest things was my self-worth and my self-belief. Because Mm -hmm. when I was small, my dad used to say things to me like, you're never going to be worth anything or you are going to be worthless and fat and uh, no one's going to love you because you're, Mm. you're fat. Right. And so I was overweight. I was very overweight. And when I became a young adult, I had a relationship where a gentleman told me that he was no longer attracted to me because I was overweight. And that fed into that self-worth and that belief that I wasn't worth anything because of my weight. And so it ended up making me obsessed with how much I weighed and I was obsessed with losing weight. And it really, it took a, a toll on my body. It took a toll on me to the point where I lost too much weight, not necessarily intentionally, but unintentionally because subconsciously, all I could think about was my worth being tied to how much I weighed. And that really put me in a really tough position. And I had to do a lot of work to get out of that. Um, and, and it affected other places in my life too, like my, my belief in myself at work and my confidence at work. Because no matter how well I did or how many times somebody told me I was like doing a great job, I always questioned if it was really true. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting how something that, you know, was just what we consider like a part of our childhood or like one single person can have such an impact. Yeah. As a, as a, as a side note, Brooklyn can now open doors. So she's just next to me currently opening and closing the door. So adorable. Fantastic. Motherhood. Um, Yeah. Anyways. So my question for you is like, what made you recognize that these things were manifesting and where they came from? Honestly, lots of conversations, not only therapy, right? But conversations with friends and family. So um, something I was talking with my mom about was when people get angry and how I reacted when people get angry, right? Because instinctively, the second somebody gets angry at me or like not even angry, but just disappointed maybe, or they are expressing a different viewpoint, I automatically cringe up inside. Mm. And I feel like this panic, right? That I've got to fix it. 
and I've got to do something to make them happy, which made me like the ultimate people pleaser and the yes girl, which we talk about being the yes woman. In episode 18, we talk about stopping being the yes woman. And so I was becoming an ultimate yes woman and putting myself last because of that. So talking with my mom, I realized we both kind of had those same feelings. And it's because if we didn't please my dad, there was consequences, right? So that's one of the ways that, you know, I noticed and found that things were manifesting in my life. But, you know, then talking to friends and talking to my husband and talking to therapy, I realized that my worries and my stress about how I looked really manifested from those conversations I had when I was young. And it, it, you said it earlier and it really is true. Like I've always said, man, you know, like, yeah, I was abused, but I'm really lucky in comparison to a lot of other people. Like it wasn't that bad. I made it through it. I you know, built this amazing life. I've got this great job and this great house and you know, whatever, like I came through the other side. I'm strong. This doesn't bother me anymore. Absolutely not true. It still affects me to today with, with my husband, with myself, with my friends. So yeah, therapy was the biggest way and just talking it out with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously we're huge, huge fans of therapy as we've both been through it. One of the things that was interesting that you were talking about is how, you know, that manifests in your life. And it was like basically in different areas and how like we tell ourselves, oh, we can put this away or like, I'm an adult now, I'm a grown up, like I've moved past it, I've created something new. Mm -hmm. But like, until we deal with that root issue, it's still there. So my next question for you would be like the how, like what work have you done and how were you able to let go or move forward? So I think the biggest piece of it is analyzing situations after they happen and as they're happening, right? So something I do now is like when I start to feel off balance or off-centered or stressed or overwhelmed, I just take a breath and I say, okay, what's truly going on here? What is the actual fact of the situation? And is my past affecting this right now? So like... If I have a disagreement with somebody, like, am I truly, like, is there truly an issue here or am I making an issue because of my past, right? Mm. Like, am I building a mountain out of a molehill? Or when I start to doubt myself, what are the facts here? Like, is the, like, have I done something that I shouldn't have done or have I missed something or am I just being incredibly extra hard on myself because of my past, right? So I think taking a beat and analyzing the situation that you're in is really a key for kind of figuring that out. Obviously mm -hmm. talking to somebody going to therapy, right? Like they help you realize and recognize different situations that you've been in and recognize where your past may have impacted you. Mm -hmm. uh, writing it down like writing down how you feel when you feel it can be very helpful and reflective. And I think like really like the last thing that I would say is just acknowledging it in the moment and allowing it. For example, Mike and I had an argument the other day. Mike and I, you know, we argue like any married couple. Um, You're human. Yeah, we're human, right? And uh, really like the argument boiled down to me being upset because I couldn't fix 
like what was upsetting him. He had like this situation happen and he was upset about it. And he was just trying to tell me about it. And of course, like when someone's upset because of my past, I want to fix it. So like he was getting frustrated because I was just trying to fix everything. I was getting frustrated because he wasn't letting me fix anything. (laughs) And there was nothing for me to fix, to be quite honest. Like I'm just trying to control the situation. And like I sat there and I was like, Oh, I'm so angry right now. And I was like, but wait a second. Like, I don't have any right to be angry because like he didn't ask me to fix this situation. And like he's not upset with me and I didn't do anything. So I need to just like back off and chill out. And like that was super powerful. And that's really helped us. Like, God bless my husband. He's the most patient man. Like it's really helped us like in our marriage because I've been able to acknowledge those feelings and recognize it when it's happening and make changes in my behavior. And as time has gone on, I've done less trying to fix things and more just being there to listen. Mm, Yeah, that's, it's a good point too, because like basically what you're talking about is just allowing yourself to process emotions and adding it with the piece of, understanding yourself and where you've come from. So that's like, and that's, I think one of the important things about therapy or or working with somebody that can help you through that is when you understand those links, how powerful it is. And like, I know for myself, so I have had multiple therapists and Mm -hmm. I was able to pick up pieces from each experience and go for different things. And one of the things that you mentioned was like, when we were talking about how it was manifesting in different ways for you. And so one of those ways being like your weight and your eating. So did you Mm -hmm. find that, you know, you had to like get therapy for different things or was there different discussions that had to happen or did you have to work through things separately or how did that work for you? So really it was all just one big puzzle that we were putting all the pieces together, right? Because Mm -hmm. there were pieces of it that had to do with my wanting to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. There were pieces of it that came from me not believing in myself. There was also pieces of it like where I truly felt like my weight was a measure of worth. Mm -hmm. And so I had to work through each of those pieces concurrently to -hmm. get to where I am now, which is like, my weight doesn't mean shit, dude. Like that's not who I am. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I had to like, there were several different pieces of my past that impacted that. And not only just my dad, but like an ex-boyfriend, a couple of ex-boyfriends actually who made some comments and just social media in general too, like what you see and consume on social media and how it impacts your mental health and wellness um, and holds you back from letting go of things that bother you. So it was, a, it was one big puzzle with many pieces, many moving parts that had to be taken care of all at the same time. Yeah. And do you think that like, I know we've, we've discussed this, so I have a pretty good idea of your answer to this, but when we figure stuff out and we put these puzzle pieces together, do you believe that it's just like, okay, everything's good now? Or what does, I'm not even going to ask you that because I already know that the answer is no. I know that we believe so much in consistent growth and continuing to learn for ourselves. So what is your, you know, you've mentioned kind of like analyzing things, being able to use the skills that you have going back to mm-hmm. um, therapy and things like that. So what does your work look like now to be able to continue to grow? 
I think the biggest piece of that is continuing to acknowledge and recognize that I still have work to do. The work is never done. Uh, It's always going to be something that you face, something that's part of you forever. But I think the important piece of that is understanding that this isn't something that's hindering you forever. It's something that you have now acknowledged and you have control of and you have tools in order to like take care of those pieces. So like now I know I have the power of these tools behind me, like talking to people, recognizing what's going on in the situation at the time, acknowledging it and then reaching out if I need to. Right. Like I know that I have these tools that I can Mm -hmm. use to talk to people. So like, for example, I mean, I'm always going to struggle and I hate talking about weight and like, it's not the point of this podcast, but I am going to bring this up because I think it's important. It's important. Yeah. The other day I was really struggling and I was having a really bad body image day. And I texted my husband and I was like, I just don't feel good today. You know, I'm really struggling with gaining weight. Like this is really hard. Like it just, I don't feel good about myself. And I knew that I needed to tell him that so he could, you know, come alongside me and tell me it's okay that you're feeling bad. I love you. I'm here for you. Like, I think you're beautiful. Like just, you know, reminding me like, this is the work that I need to, to do, um, Mm -hmm. to, to heal what I've got going on. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's going to be a constant battle forever, but knowing that you have the tools to go back to, to use is super important. I love that you recognize that. And I love the way that you put that is like, it's never going to be just smooth sailing. I always tell clients, I'm like, when we finish together, whenever that is, like, I would love to tell you that it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. Like I would love to have like 100% money back guarantee your life is going to be easy from here. I would love if I could tell people that, but it's not the truth. But then I also tell people, what's the point in doing this work? And learning all these things, if you never get to apply them again, right? It's exactly what you said about like, it's so cool for us to be able to go through these challenges, recognize, okay, I need tools. I need help. I need this. I need that. Reach for support, you know, whether it's a text message, whether it's a therapist, whatever it is. And then you're like, you forever have that. And then it's like you, it does become a little bit easier when something arises because number one, you have more skills and number two, you have more confidence because you've faced it before. Exactly. That's exactly right. Having those tools and investing and getting those tools for your future. Um, it's very, very helpful. So I want to pose the same question to you. What are some things or what's one thing that kind of held you back and how did you let go? When we were talking about discussing this topic, and I'm sure you probably felt the same way, I honestly was like, how can I narrow this down to to one thing? (laughs) But I do think it's kind of like you said, it's like a lot of pieces that work together. But I'm going to say that it was the shame that I held Mm -hmm. for my past. And that kind of encompasses a lot of things, you know, whether it was you know, the times, all the times I went to jail, whether it was the way that I was treating my body, you know, all the little like micro things of the embarrassing things that I did, you know, peeing myself and waking up in places where I didn't know where I was. It was like so many like little things. But when I thought about like, okay, which part of this? And I'm like, all of this basically funnels into the same thing, which is that shame. And so I would say, yeah, that would, that would be, that would be it is that my own shame of the decisions and the choices that I made in my 
earlier life would be what held me back the most. Yeah, I totally understand that because it impacts so many pieces of like where you are now. So Mm. how would you say it shows up today for you? Hmm. Well, I would say that today it doesn't show up as much for me, but that's only because of the years of work that I've done and continue to do with myself. But I do know that in previous years and before I was, you know, willing to commit to consistent work because my healing and all everybody's healing, I believe comes in phases and sometimes we go backwards and there's no right way. There's no one size fits all, but you know, there, it, it did hold me back. I don't think it holds me back now because I've owned my story and mm. I've owned those choices. I've owned who I am. I've become even proud of those things because I can look at them now and be like, you know what, this is what I learned from that and, and pulled a lot of lessons out of that. So I would say currently it doesn't hold me back. I would say previously though it did. So what was the hardest phase? Cause you said there was phases, right? Mm-hmm. What was the hardest phase for you of letting go? Mm, that's a good question. <sighs> I would say probably a lot of it similar to kind of what you were saying manifested in my own self-confidence, right? Mm. Um, so because I was ashamed of who I was, my thought or my belief was if somebody knows who I am, they won't love me anymore. So because of that, um, I didn't feel that I was deserving of love. So I would say, you know, it, it manifested in, in relationships or, or lack thereof, right? Friendships and, and, and love relationships. But I think that the, probably the hardest phase, I would say probably the hardest phase was like actually diving in like headfirst to the work that I needed to do, like going back to that very moment, sitting in my room on my bed, like thinking about, it was right after my boyfriend at the time had bailed me out of jail and I'm sitting there on my bed and just recognizing that like I had to make that change. Like if I didn't change, I was going to keep going back to jail. I was going to die. I was going to, it was going to be something like I wasn't going to be able to live the life that I knew that I was meant for. And so that the beginning, and I think this goes for a lot of things. The beginning is always the hardest. So it was Mm. actually taking action in that first, like when you're still hurting when I was still, you know, like fresh out of jail and all I wanted to do was like, I just wanted to hide. I just wanted to run Mm. away. I just wanted all of it to go away. And I knew that it couldn't. And so that's when I was like, okay, I have to face this. And that's when it was just like that beginning, that first action that spiraled into so many actions after was definitely the hardest phase. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I remember like the first time I had to admit that I needed help in, in handling situations that I was going through was really hard. So I totally mm. understand that. So talk to me about the work that you did. Hmm. Did doing, <laughs> will continue to do. Um, Poor life. 
Yeah. So there was, this is, I think, as I'm talking about this, like for any of you that have listened to the other podcasts, like we almost every single podcast, we talk about asking for help. And we talk about, you know, I told the, my women in the Bravehearted Collective this week, I'm like, every success will never be less than just because somebody helped you get there. And Mm. (laughs) even thinking through, as you're asking me this question, I think about all the help that I had. So I put myself in this program. The first thing that I did was call a friend who was in AA and NA. And I asked her, I, I, I think I knew that she had been arrested or something. I just started, I was like, I need to call somebody that's sober. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And I started there and I found out about this program called Drug Court. So I won't get too deep into this, but basically it is a program. It's like a second chance program. So mm-hmm. here in Florida, we have something called Teen Court, which is the same thing for teens. Basically, it's if you have a drug charge, you get an opportunity to kind of right your wrong. And so I was like, okay, like, what do I need to do? So I found out about drug court. I found out what actions I needed to take. I had to go to a courtroom because you couldn't make an appointment with the lady. It was this whole like thing. It it was not easy, but I Mm. basically what I did is I I fought for a spot in drug court. So I got a spot in drug court before (laughs) my court date because in my, in my third arrest, I had a felony drug charge along with my Mm. DUI. And that was my first felony. And so I found drug court and it was like, you know, you have to take, so that was like one piece of it, right? One piece of the support that I had. And then within drug court, I was obviously drug tested. I had to go to AA and NA meetings. Um, I had to go to meetings within drug court. And then I also had life coaching. That was the Mm. next piece for me. Um, I had been through two therapists prior And so I went to life coaching. My mom was actually going to this life coach and was kind of like at the tail end of her program and her going through that program actually helped heal our relationship. So she suggested it to me. And so I started going there as well. And so I had that support as well. And so Between that, then I asked for outside accountability. So there was things like I couldn't drive. So I had to ask for rides for things. I luckily had a really good boss. I was bartending (laughs) while sober and she wasn't a drinker either. And so she was my manager and she was, she was great. And she, you know, kind of helped. I had the accountability from her of like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be sober. I'm doing this thing. So a lot of the answer is a lot of things, you know, but that was, that was kind of like the immediate, just all the parts that kind of flowed together within that, because I'm trying to think of the timing now that I'm thinking about it too. I actually think I had to find a new job. I did have to find a new job when I was sober because I, I lost my other job, but that's neither here nor there. The idea, the answer to your question is I had multiple like funnels of support and accountability. So, I mean, obviously like you had to do a lot of hard things, right? Like you had to fight addiction. You had to like, while you're fighting addiction, fight to get that spot in drug court. You had to fight to get rides to go to your meetings. Like there's a lot of like extra hard work in here. Like how did you stay motivated? Mm. 
This is like something that I think actually there's a lot of things about my childhood that, you know, are not my favorite, (laughs) right? (laughs) But I will say that in kind of going back to what I said about being able to pull lessons from challenges, one of the greatest things that I learned from my childhood was resilience. Mm. And so that resilience has carried me and still carries me because I will not quit. I just, anything that you put in front of me, Mm -hmm. I can handle. Um, and so when I made the decision in the jail cell, that I wanted to live, I wasn't going to go back on that decision. So I was going to do whatever it took. And so I think there wasn't really motivation. It was me looking at it as it wasn't an option. Like Mm. if I don't, I'm going to die. Like, and and that worst case scenario is like what I came back to. It was just kind of like, this is, it wasn't an option. This is what I have to do. And so it was just like, this is what's in front of me. It's not fun. It's hard, but I can do hard things. I love that. That's, that's like our motto is we can do hard things. <laughs> Guys, life's tough. You got to get a helmet and you can't just sit back and let it happen to you. You got to you got to work through it and you have to keep going and you have to keep pushing. So based off of that piece, like you have to keep going, you have to keep pushing. Mm. If you were to talk to someone today who was in your shoes, what advice would you give them? Mm. This is like such a loaded question because I would be like, let me just carry you in my arms and let me walk with you. Like, oh, it's hard. Um, But I think if I were to keep it simple, it would be like, keep going. Like, just keep, keep showing up, keep asking for help, like, Mm -hmm. and, and recognize, like get whatever help, because if you're where I was, you, you don't have any self-confidence and you're so like overwhelmed in shame that there's nothing there's no like amount of compliment there's no amount of compliments or encouragement really somebody can give you that matters until you start to realize that you're worth making those choices for but it takes time to get there so don't expect yourself to just be like oh i made one good choice i feel so great about myself it's mm. not it's 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 okay to recognize that you don't feel that great about yourself, but then also recognize that you have the power to change that because that's where everything stems from. When you feel good about yourself, you'll make choices that reflect that. And once you start to build that self-confidence and that self-worth, then the hard work seems a little bit easier because you're not doubting if you're worth it. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. Okay. So let's recap. Let's go back to the very beginning, right? So like there are things in life that impact us. There are things in life that we don't realize impact us. And I think it's really important that when you're in any situation, you kind of take a moment to kind of reflect and and try to figure out why you make the decisions that you're making or why you feel the way that you feel, right? So let's talk about like steps here. So I think step one is acknowledging that you have something Um, that's impacting you, right? And then step two is figuring out how do I get the tools and the resources that I need to work through this, Mm. okay? So whether it's therapy, talking to a friend, writing it down, all of those things, um, acknowledging it in the moment that it's happening, 
There's mm-hmm. so many different tools that we can use uh, to let go and help deal with these situations, right? Mm-hmm. So then I think the last piece is realizing that it doesn't have to impact you forever, but you have to do the work forever, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to be the victim to whatever has impacted you in the beginning of your life, whatever's impacted you um, throughout the rest of your life. That's that's not something that we encourage, obviously, is the victim mindset. Um, yeah. You can take control of it, but you have to recognize that there is work that has to go into this, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I think that's all we've got today, right? Yeah, no, and I agree. Those are those are perfect steps. The the acknowledgement, the getting the help, and then continuing the work. That's it's that's as simple as as we can get it, and that's the truth. And the thing is, is that when you say work, it turns people off because it's like, mm. oh, I already have a job, or my life's already hard, and so people don't seek help because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to add something else, whatever. But here's the thing. If you understand what's on the other side of that, it makes such a difference because oh my God. If you're unhappy. You don't have to live that way anymore. It's like when, when my alarm goes off at 5 a.m., there's not a single time that I want to get up, but I always know what's on the other side of that and what's on the other side if I don't. So, you know, obviously a, a, a surface level comparison, but you get the gist. Awesome. Well, what are we talking about next week, Kelsey? Oh my gosh. Okay. So Mindy and I are hardcore fangirling because we are talking to Alex L and she is an author and a mother and like a celebrity, (laughs) a badass, an amazing, an amazing human. Um, so we're going to talk to her and, and she's overcome a lot of struggles in her own life. So we're going to get to dive deeper into that and talk to her, um, just about, she is somebody who is very inspirational and encouraging to people. Um, she's well known on Instagram for her little, she does little post-it notes with like encouraging words and words of wisdom, um, that are carried through all the social media channels. So she's just a, she's a very powerful woman and I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Same. I'm super excited. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for subscribing. We love seeing your repost on Instagram. So thanks for tagging us and interacting with us. As always, we're always here for you. So if you ever need anything, please, please send us a message, email us, DM us wherever you find us, send us a smoke signal and don't forget to live brave. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. 
The link is in the show notes. So I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.